Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. There's a lot of greatness right here. I like to keep the greatness up front. That's good. Um, if you got a bulletin, this is like the first time I've been able to see people at this service. I didn't realize actually people were here. Um, it's great to see you. If you grabbed a bulletin on your way in, and if you didn't, I want to let you know uh, two items of note. Number one, we are taking elder nominations. So if you know of someone who you think would be good to serve in leadership here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, you can go on the website, submit their name. When you're a Presbyterian, that means you're a part of a representative democracy, which means that we vote, we come together, and we vote on who's going to lead us, who we think uh, the people are who are qualified to serve and discern where God is calling us to go over the next four years. And then also, I want to let you know that we are taking signups for our community groups. We have about 22 community groups. They'll be all over the area on different nights, different times. Some will have childcare, some won't. Um, this is an opportunity for us to come together and grow uh, as a faith family, but in a small group setting. If you're like me, um, well, you're probably not like me. So I go to all four. I'm the only one that goes to all four services. So I, I should know a lot of people, but if you only come to this service, there's a ton of people that you don't know. And these community groups are an opportunity for you to get to know some of those folks. So we invite you to sign up. You can go on the um, roswellpress.org website. Well, today we continue in our last lecture uh, sermon series as we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And last week we looked at this, pa- this passage where Jesus says, practice your piety, not before others, but in secret. It's interesting there. He talks, says, practice your religion in secret. Don't do it for others. And then he immediately goes into this section that we're going to look at today. And if last week was all about kind of spirituality and religion, about praying and fasting, doing these religious acts, today is something very different. It's something that we all have to wrestle with. Every human being wrestles with the issues that Jesus brings up in our passage today. So let us look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 34. Hear the words of Jesus. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? 
And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this great passage from Holy Scripture, this real earthy wisdom that you give us. We ask that you might be our teacher in the next few moments, that you might speak a word that only you by your spirit can speak to us, that our hearts might learn and be invited into a freeing, loving, gracious, generous relationship with you. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is your relationship to your material possessions? Do you spend a lot of time worrying that your stuff will break? Do you worry that it'll wear out? Do you worry that thieves are gonna come and steal what you value? Not too long ago, after the 815 service, I must have seemed like I was preaching a pretty positive message because in the greeting line after the service, a woman came up to me and said, Jeff, wow, it sounds like things are really going well for you lately. And I said, well, that's because I didn't talk about my car getting broken into last night. And my favorite Kenyan belt was stolen. She said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then she left. <laughs> yeah, it was true. So the night before, um, Courtney and I were going to a concert and um, it was this benefit concert. They were raising money for one of our friends who has cancer and we were running late and it was a ways away from across town. And so when we got there, it was tough to find a parking spot. It was dark and rainy. And so we, we took the first parking spot we could, which was on a side street and there, were no, there was no light there. And so we went into the show, had a great time had a great time. And as we're leaving the concert, we're walking up to our car and I look and I have that sinking feeling. I don't know if any of you've ever felt this, this sinking feeling where you look and you see glass all under your car and you walk up and sure enough, on the driver's side, rear door window is gone. And guess what else is gone? My bag, my gym bag. And I look in and the gym bag's gone. And guess what was in my gym bag? A running watch, a sweaty shirt. Take that, sir. <laughs> Some old shoes and my favorite Kenyan belt. I'd gone all the way on the other side of the world to get this belt. And now some thief in East Atlanta is running around with it on his waist. And I was so mad. And if you can tell, I still am. <laughs> it's interesting in this story, Jesus, in this passage, Jesus says, this is the way the world works. This is what happens. If you live on planet earth, 
thieves are going to break in and steal. Moths and rust are going to consume. Things are going to wear out. Things are going to go bad. Things that, that you value are going to get broken. People are going to steal Kenyan belts that aren't theirs. And so Jesus says, you can't change the world. But what you can do is you can prepare for it. And in this passage, he gives really three warnings about how to prepare for this reality of living on earth. The first, he warns us about being overly attached by um, investing too much emotion and value into our material possessions. He warns us about being overly attached. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Literally, it means uh, it's do not treasure treasure on earth. Do not treasure treasure on earth. Why? Because moths and rust consume. This is where thieves break in and steal. Now, can you remember the first time where the reality that your stuff can get stolen hit home? Do you remember that sinking feeling, that feeling of being violated, somebody taking something that you owned and stealing it? I was five years old, living in Yakima, Washington. And my dad worked with this woman who really took an interest in me. And she gave me a 1978 minted silver dollar. You know, at five years old, a dollar is a lot of money, especially in 1978. <laughs> and so I had it. And I put it in this, this white box. And in the box was this red velvet. It was beautiful. And then there was this silver dollar holder and the silver dollar was placed on it. And I stored it in the, my top dresser drawer. And anytime I wanted to show it off, I would bring it out and show it to people. It was great. Well, as it was our custom at that time, uh, we would go for a week to the Oregon coast on vacation during the summer. And so we go on vacation and we return home and we're pulling into the driveway. And I remember my dad, he goes, oh no. And we look and the window's down on the front of our house. We've been broken into. And so we go inside of the house and you know what I do? I go directly to my bedroom, to my dresser, open up the dresser door, pull out the box and the silver dollar. My beloved 1978 silver dollar is gone. I was heartbroken. I mean, this is the first time that the reality that people can steal hit home for me. And I was angry. We didn't have much evidence about who did it. Other than we had an end table on the end of our couch and on it was a shoe print. It was a shoe print, probably about, a, about an eight and a half men's shoe. We analyzed the shoe tread so that, like Sherlock Holmes, my mom and I would watch the school buses arrive and we'd watch all these kids get off and we would look at the soles of their shoes. We never did find him. But that is how the reality of life, right? That things get stolen. And if we invest too much, if we are overly attached to our stuff, we can be heartbroken. And so Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal. Now this part about moths and rust consuming, for most of my life, when I'd read that passage, I just thought that was like a spiritual metaphor, 
So I was a little surprised when, um, has, has anybody seen Ocean's Eleven? You know, like Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Well, I just thought, I thought George, I mean, like Brad Pitt's just like unattainable, but like George, I mean, he was like an everyman. And so I thought, you know, I want to look like George Clooney. So I went and I bought this, this gray Ralph Lauren suit. And I mean, it, it was like custom fit. It was amazing, you know, and, and, and I was just so excited for it. And the first time I wore it, I wore it to this wedding and I was the talk of the wedding. I mean, the bride was thinking she made a mistake marrying the wrong guy. And I was just, I was out there and, um, and, and so, and I just like this suit, everybody just, oh, it was just amazing. Well, you know, a couple weeks later, I decided I want to wear that suit to church. At that time, we had some college interns who were working and, you know, and the college students these days are very observant. And, and so I walk in and one of them says, huh, so the mods got you. I said, what are you talking about? And he says, look at your, look at your jacket sleeve. And I look down and there are two holes. The moths had consumed my beloved Ralph Lauren suit, was gone. And I learned something important. I thought that was a spiritual principle. No, Jesus is getting very practical. The things you own can get broken. Moths consume. Rust consumes. Thieves break in and steal. And you know what? So when we get this, when we realize, when we confront this reality about life, when we are overly attached to our stuff, what happens when we confront this reality? We begin to feel anxiety. Anxiety, we feel this fear, this worry, this stress that what we value can be broken, can be stolen. And this anxiety can take over our lives. Jesus says here in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. See, he goes right from saying, do not treasure treasure on earth to talking about worry. Because if you don't follow the first thing, you're gonna start worrying. Let's say you get a new car. Once you get a new car, what do you have to do? You get insurance for it. And once you get insurance for it, you get worried and you say, okay, I gotta build a garage. And so you build a garage to store the car in. But then you get worried that somebody might break into the garage. So then you get a security system. But then you get worried that the security system might malfunction. So you build a gate at the end of your driveway. Well, you get worried that somebody might jump over the gate. So you move into a, um, a gated community but you're worried that somebody might go through or sneak in through the gates. So then you hire a security officer to monitor the neighborhood. But then you're worried about monitoring the neighborhood. So, so then you get, um, you do a background check on the security officer and it just keeps going and going because there's never an end in sight to the anxiety you feel. As, as, as you are overly attached to your stuff, this anxiety wells up. Some of us know this. Uh, if we've read the children's book, and you're going to hear a lot more of these. <laughs> the children's book, it, if you give a mouse a cookie. Do you ever see this, read this? If you give a mouse a cookie, be careful because it's going to ask for milk. And if you give him milk, then he's going to ask for a straw. And if he asks for a straw, he's going to ask for a mirror. If he asks for a mirror, then he's going to ask for scissors. It goes on and on. And guess what the moral of that story is? You are the mouse. This is the way it goes. We want more and more when anxiety takes over our lives. And Jesus warns us, 
about this anxiety, about being overly attached to our stuff. And let me tell you, this can um, affect both rich and poor alike. A lot of us think if we had enough, we wouldn't be overly attached to our stuff. Well, I read this article about the super rich. Okay, the super rich, to be super rich, you have to have about $25 million in the bank. And one of the anxieties, one of the stresses of the super, or super rich is they'll hire consultants. They'll hire consultants to advise them on their yachts. See, because they often have artwork on their yachts. And this is true, I read it. Consultants to protect their artwork from flying champagne corks. I kid you not. Like that is some easy money, I would say. But this, this is how anxiety can take over. How much is enough? Oh, just a little more. There was, this is Christian and non-Christian alike. There was a man, um, a Christian guy who was asked, what do you really value in life? And he says, in the study, and he says, oh, my family, the Lord, and my friends. Then they asked him, what would you need to feel secure? He says, about a billion dollars. This is how it works. If we become overly attached to our stuff, this anxiety can take over our lives. Notice what Jesus says is an antidote to this anxiety. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And how much more of value are you than they? And he goes on. In other words, Jesus says, get outside and look at nature. Look at what is free. Look at the beauty that we're surrounded by. Wake up. He's like, shake it off. That's a Taylor Swift illusion for the young people. So, but this is what Jesus is saying. Don't be consumed with your stuff and this anxiety and this worry and this stress. Get outside. See what's free. Enjoy it and it will give you the right perspective that you need. Because if you don't, if you go to over-attachment to anxiety, it will eventually lead you to alienation or loneliness. For it is the Gentiles, verse 32, who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Notice what Jesus says here. There's a magnetism to the kingdom of God when we keep our eyes on what we really care about, when we really value what's important. All these other things will take care of themselves, but we won't be consumed with anxiety, with worry. But the kingdom of God will help us feel secure because we won't be overly attached to our stuff. One of the great images I could think of of this was Gollum from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Remember, he gets the ring and he just stares at it and he just says, my precious, my precious for hundreds of years. And Tolkien knows this, that this is a modern problem. Hyper-consumeristic, hyper-materialistic, obsessed with our stuff. And let me just say, if you've seen the movie and seen Gollum, it does not go well for Gollum. It does not like add to his like flourishing life. No, it destroys him. And so Jesus is trying to set us free from the anxiety, the consumption, this aloneness. Did you know that um, in the United States, research says that loneliness has doubled since the 1980s? 
Also, there's a Harvard, Harvard Business Review article that says, that studies say that 40% of Americans say they are lonely. They have all the, we're richer than, than anybody that's ever lived. We have all this stuff, but it's caused us to isolate ourselves, alienate ourselves from others. And Jesus says, don't be consumed with your stuff. Pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will take care of themselves. Pursue what's really valuable. Pursue the kingdom of God. These things, these values that he's been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Let me tell you what this can look like. Word got out that my uh, car had been burglarized and that my, Ken, my favorite Kenyan belt had been stolen. Every, I mean, I just, I, I couldn't meet somebody and not tell them my sad story. Right? People were just getting really annoyed with it. And all this. Well, it so happened that Zablin Curia, our mission partner from Kenya, was in the United States visiting. He's the one that had shown us around on a mission trip that had gotten me that belt that I so loved. Well, he was here in the Roswell area. He was here for about a month building relationships, inviting people to come visit. And he stopped before leaving to say goodbye. Stopped here at the church. And we were meeting together and somebody walked up and said, Zablin, have you heard Jeff's story yet about how his car was burglarized and how his Kenyan belt was stolen. Zalbin said, no, I hadn't heard that. They said, well, you're probably the last person in Roswell not to have heard it. <laughs> and Zalbin knew how much I loved that belt. He knew it. And so as we're talking, he looked down at his belt and he had a great belt. And he unbuckles it, he starts pulling it through the loops and he says, here, you can have mine. It was a great image here. It's a great image of generosity, of not being overattached to your with your stuff, the freedom to let go and bless somebody else. This is, this is what pursuing the kingdom of God can look like. And I would have brought the belt to the service, but I was afraid one of you would ask for it. <laughs> but this is what the looking for the kingdom of God can be. To set us free from our over-attachment to our stuff, releasing us from anxiety that can cripple us, that anxiety that causes us to be separated from other people and from community. And the kingdom of God invites us in with grace, with freedom, a God who has given freely to us so that we might give to one another, so that we might bless one another. And this is the freedom that we're invited to in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the freedom we're offered in your son, Jesus. We thank you for his grace, his generosity. Thank you that we get to be a part of the great family of faith here at RPC, where we can um, not be lonely, not be overattached to our stuff, not be crippled with anxiety, but experience freedom, generosity, and love. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.